0: Welcome to Gateway Community Church, Webster, Texas. We're so glad you found us, and we hope this message helps you discover more about God and His unique plan for your life. It is the 10th day of the new year, and so perhaps you made resolutions, maybe you didn't. You know, and the question is, how are they going if you did make resolutions? And uh, I came across a, a picture, kind of uh, a word picture, kind of how our resolutions tend to look over a few years and I just picked some years, 2012, I will get my weight down below 180 pounds. 2013, I will follow my new diet religiously until I get below 200 pounds. 2014, I will develop a realistic attitude about my weight. 2015, I will work out three days a week. And 2016, I will try to drive past the gym at least once a week. (laughs) Maybe that helps us understand why we kind of struggle with resolutions. I came across it this week. Psychologist Dr. Henry Cloud wrote, most of us are doomed from the very start. The problem is we've committed ourselves to a result rather than to a process. We're already thinking about December and January, Rather than the 365 days of work and determination it's going to take us to get there. I read that and I thought, wow, that's that's talking also about the journey for Christ, with Christ. And that's why you have to think of following Christ as being part of a process, a journey. Jesus began his ministry inviting men and women to simply follow him. In Matthew 9.9 it says, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and followed him. And really, that is, in essence, the most basic definition of a disciple. One who follows another. One who decides to follow where they will lead him. And, He follows, Matthew follows because he senses that this Jesus has something to offer. Not that he has all the answers, not that he understands it or even knows where it will lead him or what it will even look like. Jesus didn't even offer that. He didn't say, here's what you will have. These three steps, these three things will happen to you and I can promise you this and that if you do. He didn't do any of that. He simply invited Matthew to follow and as you go through the New Testament, you see that was his invitation to others as well. Why does this matter? Because in Christ, I receive forgiveness for my past, purpose for my present, and a future a home in heaven for my future. But if I'm not living that daily, if I'm not seeking Christ throughout all that time, I may receive forgiveness, purpose, and a future hope and don't experience it. It may be a promise, but not something I live. You know, becoming a Christ follower isn't like simply I step over a line and all of a sudden, instantaneously, I have all the blessings and all that goes with it. I gain heaven when I die. But things like love, joy, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those those don't miraculously, magically appear in my life when I make that commitment to him. They don't become real in my life unless I am living my life for him each day so that he has a chance to grow those in me. If I say I made a decision and that's it and I'm going to go on, then while I may have a future heaven, I may, in fact, find myself living in a present hell because I have done nothing to allow his spirit to change and grow me, to help me experience those things and to work in me through that to others. That's why our mission here at Gateway is simply to lead everyday people to become fully devoted followers of Christ, to help everyday people like, like you and me discover what it's like to make following Jesus a daily part of our lives. A daily part, not just once in a while, not just when it's convenient or when it happens to come to me, but something I do all the time. And as I do that, then he uses me also to help others discover that as well. That in other words, it's not just simply enough for me, but that he intends me then to be an instrument that he uses to spread that to others, to help others join in that journey as well. Think about it. A follower of Christ isn't much of a follower, much of a disciple, if he or she isn't actually following. And and following implies being consistent, persevering, hanging in there, keeping on, keeping on, As we watch and observe Jesus, we're following. Because here's the thing. Jesus is God. Jesus knows always what's best. I don't. Therefore, sometimes when I think I know the path, Jesus turns out he'll go a different way because he knows there's something even better for me or it will take me through something I need to go through that I wouldn't have chosen on my own, that didn't naturally come to me. And so I have to keep my focus on him. Listen, if I'm not, I'm not a follower, if I'm not following, I know that's kind of redundant, but to say I'm a follower or a disciple and not follow is not going to go very far. The implication is simple. I'm... I, I'm Following because Jesus, without Jesus, I'm I'm outside God's plan. And therefore not sure which way to go, how far, when. Folks, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. He's the whole point. And apart from him, I'm lost. I mean, think about this a little more concretely. I don't know if this is the best analogy or not, but let's say I'm, I'm physically, I say, Jesus, I'm gonna follow you. And Jesus starts walking and he, he comes to a forest. And it's kind of a thick forest. And so we walk into the forest and I think, you know, I can follow Jesus kind of when it's comfortable or when it, it works for me. And so I may get distracted and look over here or do something like that. And 10 or 15 minutes later, I, I think, okay, it's time now to follow Jesus again. And I look up. Where'd he go? I lost him. I mean, that's the reality of following. You, you and I can't follow someone. I mean, if, he, if he's gone into that forest, there may be a path that's obvious, but there may be that there comes a, a fork in the road, and, and either way could go. And, and one way is the way Jesus went, and I'm up there, and I have a 50-50 chance of getting it right because I've let Jesus get so far ahead of me, I'm not really following him. I'm trying to catch up to him. But if I am following, if I'm keeping my eyes on Jesus, if I'm staying with him, then when he takes the fork in the road, it's easy for me to follow him. I'm right with him. I'm right there at his side. He might even help me understand why he took the fork in the road. I'm not a follower if I'm not following. And that's day in, day out. Christian journey is not a one-time decision. It's about a life. It's about reorienting how I live my life, what I give myself to, whom I trust and follow day in and day out. And I can't follow someone if I'm not keeping my eye on them, if I'm not staying close. That's how a journey works. And as we go with Jesus... We get to learn more about him. He begins to reveal things to us. As we're walking along along, on his path with him, he can show us sometimes why that won't work or show us some beautiful thing, flower, out in the middle of the forest that I would have never seen otherwise because I was so intent. I'd gotten lost and I was rushing. There's so much more he can do. And, And it's getting to know him, spend time with him. Learning bits of information about him is great, but it's really actually secondary to just getting to know Jesus. Henry and Richard Blackaby wrote this. Christianity is an intimate, growing relationship with the person of Jesus Christ. It is not a set of doctrines to believe, habits to practice, or sins to avoid. Every activity God commands is intended to enhance his love relationship with his people. In other words, the more I follow him, the more I'm with him, the better the relationship can grow. When I don't follow him, we don't have a chance to talk as much. I don't know as much as what's going on. I don't know where he's headed. I don't know why he's headed where it is. It's the relationship that ultimately transforms us. And the more and closer I follow Jesus, the more then he is able to work in and through me to transform me. In Corinthians, it says, the Lord, who is the Spirit... Makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. The sense here is it's ongoing; it's it's a it's not a one point thing. It's a journey. It's a process. It's something that continues to happen, and it's a change done to us. It, he, he says there we are changed, not we changed. In other words, it's not something I did. It's something He does in me through me as I walk with him, that's the way it's intended to be in the process, the journey. And it only happens as I stay close to Jesus, to follow him, all the time. That, that really ought to be how we approach the Christian life, not I made a commitment and, and I'll every once in a while I'll throw him a bone. That's not following. Here at Gateway, so we want to help you get into this process, to go on this journey and, and also to help you help others. Because I can only do so much, staff can only do so much, our leaders can only do so much. The reality is when all of us, over a thousand of us on any given Sunday, are leading this way, when over a thousand of us are reaching out to others and encouraging them on their journey, as over a thousand of us are saying, come on, let's walk with Jesus together, then the the impact is multiplied. It becomes exponential. It's so much more than what I could ever do. It's why it's us together. We are here to become disciples who make disciples, who make disciples. That's the only way there is health is when there is, reproduction to help others become fully devoted followers of Christ and and we we used some words I, if you were with us last week I mentioned them, but I'm going to go over them again today to try to both describe what that looks like but also to prescribe the journey that that then is and and Remember, I'm not a follower if I'm not following. And here's the thing. Sometimes we want to say, well, I'm going to do some of the following, but I'm not going to do all of the following. That's like saying I'm going to go as far as the bridge, but when Jesus walks over the bridge, I'm going to go this way and hope there's another bridge down there. No. It's the whole thing. To follow means you do the whole ball of wax, it doesn't mean you pick some because when you pick some or leave something out, then you're not following Jesus. And those are the, precisely the points where we can often get tripped up. Now I'm not saying that our, our, the words we come up with are the end all, the be all, but they are helpful words that, that we can use. And, and we're gonna put them up here on the screen. They're simply commit to following Christ, connect with one another, Serve my church and my world and share the good news. Because if I'm not committed to Christ, I don't have anything to share. If I'm not serving, I'm not connected with others. They they all intertwine and and they are more than the sum of their parts. And when one of the parts isn't there, then there's there's a huge chunk of our journey of following Jesus that's missing. So say those words with me together, commit, connect, serve, share. Commit, connect, serve, share. One more time, commit, connect, serve, share. Now again, I'm not saying those words are magic by any sense, but maybe they become tools to help us think through what it means to be a follower, how to live that out. As a, thing. a description of what a fully devoted follower of Christ looks like, as well as a prescription of how followers actually do that. And we're gonna spend the rest of the morning kind of looking real quickly at the first two, commit and connect, and I'll tackle the other two next week. And my hope is that in doing this, we become better prepared to take then the next step that whatever any of us needs to do to follow Christ, including getting prepared for our journey through daring faith. Because we, we started looking, well, how do we wanna do that? Well, if we're not committed to following Christ, then as we all as a church do something together, if we just kind of randomly do it, not a lot's gonna happen. But when all of us are doing the same thing together, there is a synergy as God's spirit works through us that the results are, are greater than the sum of the parts. And by results, I mean transformed lives. I mean transformed community. I mean making a difference helping others find this good news committing to follow Christ is not just one thing but it always involves our personal individual decision to place our faith in Christ and each of us has to explore what that means figure it out read what God says in the bible is he the son of god Is he the savior of the world? Is he the lover of my soul? Is he what we sang in this last song that Brandon led us in? Can I trust him with my life for for eternity? Because I believe that through his death on the cross, he secured for me forgiveness for my past, purpose for my present, and an eternal home for my future. Do I believe that? Do Do I buy into that? And and here's the thing. What we have to realize is that there is a spiritual battle going on trying to keep that from happening. There's the natural world that all of us commonly live in, but there's a supernatural realm as well. And faith sees things that, that the natural doesn't always see or recognize. And if you haven't made a decision to trust in Jesus Christ, and some of you haven't, and we're glad you're here, and we're glad you're exploring, believe me, but you need to know and understand that there is an enemy, there is, we call him the devil, who would love nothing more than to confuse you, to delay you, to say it's no big deal, to say, well, they just are telling you that, or it's the company line, or it's a lie, or it's just some gimmick, or it's, okay, it may matter, but not necessarily today. You know, there's all kinds of ways that he can diminish what God wants to do in our lives, raising up insecurities, even ridiculing us to consider the possibility that we might want to follow him. And the Bible says Satan, who is the, son, the God of this world that we live in today, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. In other words, the devil, in every one of us at some point, has worked to cloud our thinking. And for those of us who are followers of Christ, we have put that aside. And for some of us, when that decision was made, there was a moment of clarity or peace or or incredible joy. And for some of us, it was just another moment. And Satan will want to say to us, well, did you, really, did you really make the decision if you didn't feel anything? Because the world today says it's all about feeling, right? It's all about, does it feel right? And sometimes the right decision is not what feels right. And God wants us to trust him that when we follow Jesus, we are going in the right direction. Because there is a spiritual battle going on for souls and, and those of us who are Christ followers are called to lovingly pray for those who have not made that decision and to come alongside them and encourage them and help them take the next step on their journey. Following Jesus is, is a decision. It's a commitment. It's not a feeling. We have to trust that Jesus is the Son of God who became one of us so that he could, we could know him and follow him and trust him in order to experience freedom from sin and death and guilt and eternal life in god's kingdom and it's called faith because i can't prove it for those of you who are christ followers you you understand if you're not a christ follower maybe you're thinking well i'm interested in this or there's some things about this that make sense but i've got some questions i've got some unanswered questions and, and I'm, I'm not gonna be able to make a decision until I get all my questions answered. Well, just, just to let you know, I have some questions. I don't have all the answers. And, and, and I've read books and I've listened to people who are a whole lot smarter than me. And they'll say they don't have all the answers. See, I think it kind of goes back to what Satan did back in the Garden of Eden in in Genesis chapter three. His temptation to Eve and then to Adam was to be like God, to know everything. And so we've come to this, we, we are subtly coerced into thinking that I have to have all the answers and I have to know everything in order to make a decision. And yet, if you go through your life, you know you don't know everything. You know you don't have all the answers and other decisions you make. Why do we hold a decision to trust Christ at a whole different impossible level? It's why it's called faith. That I have made a decision that while I may have some questions and even doubts, I see more good coming out of what God is doing. And I believe he is Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. And if I really examine the evidence, as some people have done, and they've written books, that to not believe, in fact, may take more faith than to believe. And here's the thing, no one else can do it for you. Your parents can't do it for you. Your children can't do it for you. Your husband, your wife, they can't do it for you. Your best friend, Nobody else can make that decision for you, and that's also sometimes kind of troubling because sometimes we want to put it off on somebody else, so you make the decision, and I'll hold you responsible. God says it doesn't work that way. This is your life, and you have to decide. It's a decision each of us has to make to, to recognize Jesus as Savior of my life and also Lord. Savior for saving me from sin and death, but Lord meaning that he is going to, he wants to walk with me the rest of my days. He wants me to follow him. And if he's not, if I'm not following him, he's not Lord. And if he's not Lord, then his power in my life is diminished. The decision to put our faith in Jesus Christ is the single most important decision any human being ever makes. I mean, it's more important than who you marry, whether you're going to have kids, where you work, what job you do, because it is the only decision, as I understand it, it is the only decision that affects our eternity. That it means that when my end of days come, I will have made a decision that determines whether I go on forever with God or not. And no other decision even comes close. And so we want to encourage for some of you this morning as we're starting this year, maybe it's time for you to make that decision. And, and people come up with ways to remember it. There's no one magic way or magic words or anything, but sometimes using the letters A, B, C is a very helpful tool I want to walk you through those real quick. A means I admit that I am a sinner in need of God's grace through Jesus Christ. Bible says, for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. A is admit. B, believe. Believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died on the cross for the forgiveness of my sins. Yes, he died for the forgiveness of everyone's sins, but... He died also for mine. Do I believe? John 3:16 says God so loved the world and that's the reason right there. Not out of anger, not out of frustration, but out of love. He so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So admit, a admit, b believe and c confess or profess or make real. Jesus Christ is both my Savior who has saved me from my sins and also my Lord or Master whom I now choose to follow for the rest of my days, trusting that he knows what's best for me because he created me and he has revealed through his word, the Bible, everything I need for that journey ahead. Romans says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. And I want to give this morning anyone in here who wants to make that decision or feels they need to make that decision an opportunity to do that right now, or if you need to recommit, because many of us who have made Jesus the Savior of our lives have often not made him Lord. We have thought. I bought my fire insurance, I'm good to go, and I don't have to worry about it. And we live in hell on earth. And so it is both Savior and Lord that matter in transforming our lives. And if you just, just as I pray, if you'll just pray these, these things with me. And when I say pray, I don't mean speaking out loud, I mean just in your head, repeat him to god now here's the thing if you say him to god like you're checking off a list and you have no desire to do it no intention it doesn't count because god knows our heart now god knows that we may struggle with it and it's a difficult decision and we're not sure how we're going to do that but we're still going to make the decision he honors that one because that's the truth for all of us it's a faith thing So we don't have all the answers, and there is gonna be doubt, and there are gonna be struggles. But if my intention is to the best of my God-given ability that I am going to follow Him, then God honors that. God welcomes us in to that. So let's pray. And as we pray, if you'll bow your heads and, and close your eyes. Father God, we come to you this morning, and for some of us this morning, it is time to welcome you into our life, to make you Savior and Lord. And so, Father, I admit that I am a sinner in need of your grace. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, your Son, who died on the cross for me, for the forgiveness of my sins, for the forgiveness of the sins of the world. And so I confess, Lord, that Jesus Christ is my Savior and my Lord. I choose to turn my life to him. I choose to follow him the rest of my days and trust him and know him better and better. And for some of us in here this morning, it is, Father, we, we recommit ourselves to Jesus as, as Lord, that we've let that slip in, in some aspects of our lives, that it's become easy to go, and yet, there's none of the power and blessing of God's life in us when he is not Lord, when we are not following. So, Father, we recommit ourselves to follow him from this day forward. And as we do that, I'm, I, with your head still bowed and your eyes still closed, I just simply want to ask, if you, if you prayed that prayer to the ABC, to welcome Christ into your heart, would you just raise your hand? you just raise your hand yeah thank you there are quite a few of you god bless you and father we just thank you for these individuals and pray that your grace will surround them and encourage them as they go on this journey we pray this in the powerful name of jesus amen and let me say if you made that decision god bless you congratulations I'm, i'm excited for you i'm 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 proud of you And I know God will bless you in that journey. And I want you, I don't want you to stand up. I don't want you to do anything that's embarrassing. But I would ask you to tell someone. Now, you may want to come up and tell our prayer team. And they'll be here in just a few minutes at the end of the service. You may want to tell your spouse or a friend or a child or a parent. But at least tell someone so that it becomes, there's some accountability there. That's one of the reasons we do this is that we let others know that we have chosen so that they can encourage us and we can encourage them. And an important symbol of that commitment is baptism. And if you haven't been baptized, we encourage you to take that next step two weeks from today, Sunday, January 24th, five o'clock. We won't make you be outside in the cold. We'll warm up the water. You don't have to sacrifice that way unless you want to, But, but it's not necessary. But we, we, we want to start out the year with that. And so we want to invite you to do that in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to be obedient to him and allow that baptism to become then not only a mark for you, something you can kind of stand on, an anchor you can reach back to and, and remember this happened, but also that it would be a testimony to people you know, the people around you, family or friends, that they know where you stand. And you don't have to be obnoxious about it. In fact, you shouldn't be. You should be loving. That's what God wants us to do. But I want to encourage you to do that. And and then, and you can go after this service, you can go out and sign up at the ministry booth or on your mobile device or whatever. You can just go to our webpage, and click on the find it page, and there's a place in there to sign up for baptisms. And you can do that here before you even walk out of the room. And, and with that commitment, we want you to continue then spending time with Jesus. How do you follow him? We follow him by diving into his word. And and you can just start reading. I would say start in the New Testament. If this is the first time you've ever read. Um, we, some of us use a, a reading plan called the Life Journal Reading Plan, which is also on the Find It page. It, it can, you can read through the whole Bible in a year, or you can read just the New Testament. And that's perfectly fine. Or many of you... May already have it, but the Uversion Bible app, Uversion Bible app. It's free. It's been downloaded over 200 million times already. Has many reading plans and devotionals. Some of the reading plans will carry you through the whole year, and some of the reading plans will just be for the next 10 days or 15 days or something like that to get you going, to get you over a hurdle. And so, it becomes a great tool to begin to intentionally follow Jesus. Because that's the thing. You're going to be distracted. There are going to be all kinds of distractions. There are going to be all kinds of things that that remind you not to do it. You have to take it on yourself. And that's partially why being accountable to someone also helps. We all need that. I read through the Bible every year with a group of guys. And I know every week if I haven't read, I've, I've let them down. And that accountability helps me as well. So, Also, getting connected in a small group, and I'll talk about that in just a moment. Serving, sharing, all those, sharing your faith story all ways that God uses to grow us, to help us follow Jesus. Because remember, we're not talking about about a club or an organization or hoops to jump through. We're talking about a relationship. And no relationship grows by lack of attention or lack of commitment. In fact, this commitment that some of you made this morning is just the beginning. Of what needs to be a growing commitment to Christ. And, and it's a commitment each one of us needs to remember. And in fact, each one of us needs to, to renew. And those of us who have already made this commitment need to not only be living it out, but also encouraging others. This is a this is not meant to be just something for me. In fact, one of the things Jesus tells us is that we grow more when we take on his heart of sharing the good news with others. And I don't mean being obnoxious either. I mean telling your story in appropriate settings. And we'll talk a little bit more about that next week. So after we commit to Christ and commit to growing that relationship, we we, we take some next steps. And one of those is then to connect with another. Because we weren't meant to go this journey alone. God created the church to be a community of believers. That's what Brandon was talking about. To help us, to encourage us, to support us on this journey. Because there's no such thing as a solitary Christian. We're all in this journey together. I, I, there's a great story that has been told That just really strikes me A, a gentleman had kind of stopped going to church And a friend of his went to visit him It was a cold, wintry day Probably like this The, the impression I got from the story Was further north Because they talked about snow And he comes into this friend's house And the fire's on They sit down They talk a little bit And, and as they're talking the, you know, He tells them I'm kinda, We kind of miss you and, and then they just are quiet for a few minutes and they're just kind of sitting there, and the guy who comes to visit, he does something kind of strange. He, he stands up, he walks over to the fireplace, he grabs some tongs, and he takes a, a hot chunk of, of the burning embers and he pulls it out of the fire onto the hearth. Now, you, you know, in, in the first few seconds he does, it's still flaming, and it's still bright red. But then it sits there, and after 10 seconds or so, some of the flames start to die down. And after another 10 or 15 seconds, there's no flame. It's just glowing red hot. But then as they keep watching over time, the, even the glow starts to begin to diminish and disappear from parts of the, the ember until it's just black. It's still hot, but it's not nearly as hot as it was. And it's just sitting there. And then the, the, the friend gets up and he picks the tongs up again and places it back in the fire. And when he does very quickly, that ember that had cooled down, that had lost the flame, the fire, begins to light up again. Flames begin to spark up from it. And in no time, it's as hot as it ever was. And as they're sitting there just watching all this, the guy whose house it was turns to his friend and says, I get it. I'll see you in church on Sunday. It's a journey. And iron sharpens iron. You know, someone said to me one time, well, I, I, I've been to lots of church services and I hardly remember anything any preacher said. And I don't blame you. You may not, you may not remember much of anything I've ever said. But, but he's, the, the, this other person was a lot smarter than me and he said to him, yeah, but I've also been eating meals for the last 43 years. And I'll tell you, I don't remember very many of those meals. But I guarantee you, I wouldn't be here today if I hadn't eaten them. And I guarantee you, you would not be here where you are if you were not spending time with God in worship, in private time. Can you you always tell a big difference? Can you always remember every detail? Maybe not. But it's something God works together in us and through us that you would notice it over time if you pulled out of the fire and started to cool off on the hearth. The Bible says this in Ecclesiastes 4, two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. Galatians 6, share each other's burdens and, this, and in this way obey the law of Christ. Romans 12, be happy with those who are happy, weep with those who weep. First Thessalonians five, so encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. And in Hebrews 10, 25, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another. Your journey of following Jesus involves worship. It involves time with God. It involves time with others. And it's all of those things together. As a next step in in connecting, we talk sometimes about membership and becoming a part of this family, part of this this intentionality of moving forward together. And we'll have a membership class in in February if you want to check out on that more. We also have a couple kinds of small groups, life groups that meet ongoing, and journey groups who meet for semesters, or periods of time, and we've got those forming right now. You're gonna be able to start signing up next week for Daring Faith journey groups that'll meet for for six weeks and, and as a way to begin to get together. Now, some semesters we have all kinds of topics or activities. This semester we're really kind of focusing it in on this Daring Faith as a campaign that we're kicking off on January 31st to all do together. And we're, we're still looking for hosts. I had the privilege of speaking, as I mentioned before, with, with uh, uh, a few dozen down in the Life Center in the first service who came to, to a training. We'll do another training at, during this service next week. And I want to encourage you to do that because like we said, the, the main tr- things you need to physically be able to do is find a place to meet, and be able to click the on button for either a DVD player or a computer. And, and then read some questions. And if you can do that, then we would, we'd welcome you to, 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 to join us as a way of spreading and, and helping enable what God wants to do and, and seeing how he can work. And that's the beauty. We, we put up at the beginning of the service here. Here some of the things people said about transformed in their experience from last year. And, and we, want to, we want to continue that, we want to grow that, we want to multiply that. We want to help you be who God has called you to be, to reach further than you've ever reached so that more lives can be transformed. And, and it happens as we join in, as we follow Jesus. And so this week you can go out and, and purchase the journal, starting this week we have those available and that's for daily readings during that time and starting next week, you can actually sign up for a group. But here's the other thing I've been saying, and somebody, one of you shared this with me last year, and it was brilliant. The, the person said, I live up by, by U of H, and it's hard for me right after work against the traffic to come all the way out. Can I create a group right where I am? And and it was it was brilliant. I said, absolutely. So maybe you you want to host, and, and maybe it's not a hosting a group that a whole bunch of gateway people would come to. Maybe it's you're going to host uh, 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 something at your workplace on lunch on Wednesdays. Maybe it's something you're going to do with some classmates before school. Maybe it's something that you're going to do with some family members. And we had a couple of groups last year that were just made up of family and invite your family to come and be a part of it. And, and none of them have to come to this church and some of them may never come to this church and that's okay because we're not about building an organization we're about building the kingdom. We're about helping fully de- grow fully devoted followers of Christ. And it doesn't matter whether or not they are actually in this church. We'll want, if, if people come to faith in your group, we will hope they'll find a church and we would welcome them here. But you can do that so easily. And at, right after the service, some of you, many of you need to go out there and say, I, I want to host a group and, and set that up, and either set it up to welcome others from our congregation. You can set it up for affinity, like we're all young singles, or we're, I had a lady after the last service say, can I do it with grandparents? And I said, sure, you know, set it up for a group or grouping that makes sense to you, or just be open to whatever it may be, to connect and, and follow Jesus. Because we're convinced that God is doing great things. We're convinced he's, he's nowhere near through with any of us on this journey. And it is in the journey of following Jesus that, that the amazing things happen. Friday, we, we got some, some sad news. It seems like that some very dear people are, are passing from this life to another life. And a young man named Chris, um, some of you know Chris, on on Friday, his birthday, his thirty third birthday um, he he graduated to heaven he went he went to eternity and and his family I w- was actually seated over there in in the, in the early service and um, I know it's it's heartbreaking I know it's sad, but here's the thing I got to spend a little time with Chris. I went up there one time to the hospital when he was in ICU and I mean you know the in fact, they were just giving him the news that they didn't know that there was any other treatments they could do. And this, this young man showed me so much faith. And, and, and it, others were telling me, when you go into his room, watch out, because you, you will feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. And they were right. They were right. Why? Because, yes, he knew while we, we all were praying for a miraculous healing, he knew that no matter what happened, he was good with God, and he had eternity in front of him. And I want to tell you the impact he had on family and friends around him. You know, he, he just he convinced more people more about Jesus, that in the midst of going through this adversity, which you would think some people would be angry and belligerent and, and kicking down the walls... To see this young man have a, a sense of peace and a wisdom about him that taught everyone he came into contact with about the love of God and, and just opened the door for them to, to hear Christ through him. Now, there are tears, and, and when we do his celebration of life service, there will be more tears. But we also know, every single one of us that knew him, know that he impacted this world. We, we, we lost him too soon, but he touched a lot of lives because maybe in the midst of all that, it drove him into Jesus more than ever. It, it caused him to follow. And the thing is, it can be true for any of us. We can choose to follow and, and be used by God. Not poor pitiful me, because there's no guarantee when you follow Jesus that life gets easier or better, as the world counts it, but there is something right about it, and a depth of of joy and peace that the world can neither give nor take away. And we saw that in Chris. And, And the beautiful thing is that what Chris lived, he wanted for us. He wanted all of us to experience that. And he wanted his life to be a testimony. And I think I'm telling you today because I think that's part of how his his story encourages us and carries us forward. Some of you have made a decision today, and we're thrilled. I want to encourage you to take some next steps. Tell somebody, maybe come talk to our prayer team. Some of you need to be a host and you can go out and do that. Some of you are here for the first time or you haven't really, you don't know much about us or you've just met us and we wanna help you. We wanna be more intentional about helping you on that journey. Some of you brought a friend and you wanna help them in that as well. So today we're gonna start something a little different. I'm gonna, in just a minute, I'm gonna walk out and I'm gonna be standing over here in an area and, and if you're here New, or if you haven't met me, I hope you'll come over. If you brought someone, I hope you'll come over and just introduce. We don't we don't have a spiel to give you. We 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 don't have all that, but just a chance to connect and and let us know you and you know us because we're a family together. We're in this journey together, and we want to encourage you to do that. To do that to 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 be thinking about being in a group for daring faith. Um, uh, be thinking about how you can continue that journey for yourself and and just take a next step. That's that's really the key for every one of us. It doesn't have to seem like this huge step. It doesn't have to, you don't have to wonder, will it change the world? Nobody set out thinking they would change the world. They just took the next step, and that's all Jesus ever wants us to do. He says, again, he doesn't give us all the directions. He just says, follow me. When we commit to him and we connect to others, it becomes easier to do that and it becomes easier for him to work in our lives. So, Gracious God, we thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you for all that he has done for us and the calling he's put into every one of our lives to follow. Father, some of us have made that decision, some of us have made that decision today and we praise you for that and some of us we are still, we're still working on it. Father, I pray that you'll help each of us wherever we are take another step in the journey to trust you to go. and Whether it's to make that decision or it's to make a decision to get involved or it's to make a decision to spend more time or, or whatever it may be, Father, we pray that you will lead us forward into our next steps so that we can enjoy your journey, so that we can follow you wherever you lead us. We pray this, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Follow Jesus. We'll see you next time. To learn more about us, visit www.gateway-community.org. Welcome to your journey.